Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Mark and Phil back once again to talk investing, finance, retirement, and some financial tweaks that, uh, that hopefully will matter and some small steps that maybe could lead to some big impacts. So we're going to have a, you know, just kind of a good discussion here as we're about a week out from Thanksgiving, actually, maybe even a little less. Oh, no, actually, exactly a week. Yeah. So Thanksgiving next Thursday. So we'll uh, we'll be doing this episode. Yeah, I know. We'll drop this episode and we'll drop another one next week, a couple of days early. So uh, double up on double, right. double the helping of, uh, of Phil and me. Doing good. <laughs> How you doing, doing buddy? How about you? Yeah. Are you? A, I'm doing good. Are you a Thanksgiving yeah, guy? Yeah, it's my like favorite it. holiday. It's fun. Good relaxing holiday, so yeah. you know, it's my eating and go crashing the, yeah, the lazy yeah. boy. Well, you got to have your stretchy pants. So you got to have your eating, eating pants, pants as, my, as my dad used to say. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, you have a full household. You got the yeah, the kids, get everyone coming our way. Coming so it'll be a, cool. a full so household, which is good and love it. It's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Normally I would talk a little bit about more, you know, about it this week, but, but since we're dropping one early next week, I'll just, uh, I'll save some, normally we'd talk about like how good it was afterwards, but well, since we're going to drop it beforehand, we'll just save some of that. So let's dive in and get started today. I got a couple things I want to go through here. Like I said, Phil, um, you know, minor tweaks sometimes can, yeah. can make a big difference, right? So it doesn't always have to be major yeah. overhauls, right? So let's just kind of start with a couple of things here. Let's start with cash, right? Keeping the right amount of cash, always an interesting conversation piece for people, uh, especially if you're talking about like married couples, for example, tend to have one who maybe feels a little more passionate about a bigger savings yeah. account than the other. And right. So it's kind of finding that, you know, that balance in there. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because that's very often the case where you'll have one of the spouses that is very comfortable with a certain amount of cash. You know, that's always a discussion we have, um, right. you know, that, that now bucket, so to speak, money that we don't really ever plan on spending. It's just there you know, for an emergency fund. So it's a, it's absolutely important to have. You know, don't uh, don't overlook it for sure. But yet it's like anything, it comes mm -hmm. with balance. So a hundred thousand dollar cash. Yeah, maybe a is, little is bit too much. Not. And again, it's it's like many of these decisions. There's, you know, the the financial, the numbers, you know, that this is maybe how much you should have, but then there's that that gut, right? My my tummy rule of how much I'm comfortable with. Yeah. It, well, I sleep, I sleep better knowing I Absolutely. have, it does have Absolutely. to factor in. So, I mean, it's important to have, yeah. you know, some emergency fund, you don't want to be running to try to pull some investments out or, you know, whatever the case is to come up with cash. If you have truly an emergency, you know, the roof's leaking, you got to get it replaced, whatever it is, you want to have that yeah. cash available, but yet, you know, the downside to cash over long periods of time, it just doesn't perform. Um, so which it's mm -hmm. always an interesting discussion, especially in, in today's environment, right? Because cash is actually performing. <laughs> I, I was going to say today's, you know, yeah, yeah. I was going to say today's environment right, does make right. a difference, right? But it, it's one of those things you can't let the market rule what you're doing. You know, I, I wouldn't have too much cash just because you're able to get three, four, five percent, you know, in, in cash at this point, because ultimately now you're just trying to time a market and, and when are you going to get out and back into the market? Yeah. And I mean, more than likely your savings account still right. not paying that anyway, but you could probably get a CD, but just be careful. We talked about that, I think last week or the week before, nothing wrong with looking at getting a, right. a four well, or 5% CD. 
if it's if your bank offers it, but make sure that you're doing short term because these rates are, are definitely yeah. going to be changing again. I mean, you can you can see kind of the writing on the wall for that. Even the banks themselves have it kind of listed over the longer period CDs that they're that they're dropping. So yeah, that's the interesting part. If you really start to look at you know what those rates are, you're getting the best rate typically in that shorter period of time. The the further out you go, they're yeah they're not going to to offer you that great of a rate. So although there are some banks that have some pretty decent rates, even on like money market funds, you know, but again, that's very short term cash that can change the rate and that can change daily. You know, I mean, it's, it's a pretty well, quick so change. In if you're thinking about so. your balanced, you know, portfolio, part of your balanced Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> if you want to, we'll keep that. We'll, that's yeah, right. The Bentley. Yeah, the, 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 the plate, the yeah, just make sure you've got the right amount of cash and, and figuring out what that is as part of the you know financial process when you're working with an advisor as well. Mm-hmm. So they're going to help you kind of figure out, especially if you're having that disagreement about what's the right amount, right? You know, you can do the three months, the six months, right. the nine months of expenses or whatever the case is. But Yeah. And that's always an interesting discussion because you get into retirement and I mean, usually the, the emergency fund is like, I yeah. lost my job, yeah. you know, three to six months. That's kind of always what it's been. Well, the reality is you retired, you yeah. lost your job, <laughs> right? So you, you yeah. you're there. <laughs> So it's no longer filling that need because hopefully you you have your income scenario figured out. So you're not, you know, that now it's really change. is an emergency fund, to, right? It, it truly is. Exactly. It's it's just a place to quickly get some cash for yeah. whatever it is. You know, you, a great deal comes up and yeah. you want to buy something or you do have an emergency. Then you figure out, okay, how am I going to Yeah, we'll, we'll keep the theme. So. The, the emergency is you tried the deep fried turkey thing. You didn't thaw it all the way out and you blew a hole in your deck or something like that, right? <laughs> and insurance right, isn't going right. to cover. Fire department came yeah, out. Insurance isn't going to cover flying turkey accidents, right? Or or even even if the insurance would, but the, the turkey landed on the hood of your car and dented it and, you know. Insurance might not cover that if you tell them exactly what happened. <laughs> you got double deductibles now. I don't know if they would or not. They might cover a flying turkey on your hood. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's an yeah, I guess accident. It's an, hey, I guess it's happen, an accident, so. although it would be make for a pretty funny conversation uh, to explain that. Yeah, it would make for a very interesting yeah. uh, Thanksgiving yeah. to look back oh, and- at. You know, for many years. Remember, yeah, that, remember year? that year we blew the turkey <laughs> through the windshield? Yeah. Uh, and I should have mentioned earlier, we got a bunch of these, Phil, so we're going to break this into two. So it will be actually, you know, this week's and, yeah. and Thanksgiving weeks as well. So we don't go too, too long. So let's go to number two here. I think we have sure. 10 of them on the list here. So let's go to number two, uh, cleaning up old life insurance policies. So it, it, you can also kind of look at this, too, as kind of a year in thing a little bit, too. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of toward year end know, and things not a bad idea. Spring- or spring, yeah, spring. Not clean. a bad idea yep. to clean up that stuff, especially if you've had something sitting in the old drawer for 20 years. Take a look at it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, in life insurance is always like anything, you know, financial products, something to look at on a regular right. basis. Do do you still need it? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's one of those scenarios. If you do truly still need life insurance and you have a term policy, you don't want to wait until that matures. You know, hey, it's, you know, matures in the next two months. I think I better find something. You know, you give yourself some time to to look at the scenario to see first, do I need it? And, and maybe I need it, but it's a smaller amount, you know, or what the options are even on that current term. So you have to have a, a better strategy because the, the interesting thing with term is that even though, quote unquote, it's a term policy, it doesn't end. It's just now your guaranteed premium right, ends right. is what ends at the end of the term. I mean, if you really want it, it's going to cost you very yeah. dearly. <laughs> right. But I mean, there are scenarios that maybe that's the right choice. You know, I mean, if if there's something medically, 
wrong and all of a sudden you can't get insurance anywhere else. I mean, now you have to look at that to see. So anyways, I mean, it's some, it's like any financial product. You have to review it on a regular basis. Do I need it? And if I do, is it still the right scenario? You know, what fits with my current need? I'll keep point? it like, so. I'll keep our Thanksgiving theme going over these two. So it, it, unlike uh, turkeys, which are very expensive right now. So uh, it was, it, it yeah, was really crazy. Are. So my, uh, my wife went last week and she was going to buy uh, all the stuff for Thanksgiving. And she's like, ah, oh, the turkey's 60 mm-hmm. bucks. And then she came back and went like two days ago and it was on sale and she got it for 30 bucks. Right. So she got it for half off. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. That's a great yeah. deal. Yeah. So they're going the wrong. Well, they're, they're on sale right now, but they're high. And like, like, but TVs, for example, right? Like every year, it seems like they just get cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. And life insurance is kind of the same way right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you want to always look at it to see. And, and it's obviously medically underwritten. So it's going to be dependent upon, you know, what your, your health looks like at that point. So. Yeah. So, I mean, things are still, you know, it's, it's worth looking at because life insurance could be cheaper for you. Right. Again, you're one diagnosis away from that all changing, but still, uh, you know. Right. Right. Especially so company plans. I mean, that's one thing really to pay attention to because they're sometimes they're, they're more cost effective just because they're looking at the group. But oftentimes as you age, they become less cost effective because they know the people that stay in them are typically those that don't have other options. You know, and company plans just automatically increase that cost per thousand of insurance every, usually it's like on a five-year tier. Oh, okay. Okay. So again, it's something to look at. You know, if you've had X amount of coverage through your your work and all of a sudden you're, you know, coming to the new year and you look at your paycheck and it's like, what in the world just happened? Well, you might have crossed over <laughs> right. another tier. So that that supplemental life insurance that you were paying, you know, what you thought was a yeah. cheap rate now all of a sudden went up pretty yeah. substantially. Another, another benefit to aging. You're like, man, another... Yeah, yeah, that's threshold. Right. That's right. Uh, all right, chalk one up yeah, for exactly. aging. So. All right, number three, consolidate the old. Since we're talking about taking a look at the life insurance, take a look at the old four hundred one k's you might have laying around. It still blows my mind. Yep. I know I've probably said this like twelve times on this podcast already over the years, but how in the yeah. world someone goes, "Oh, I totally forgot I had money sitting there in in this old four hundred one k." Blows my mind, but it happens. It, it happens. It's funny. It brings a client to mind that I. I, for the first two years, it seems like almost every year he would come up and say, Hey, you know, I found another one. So, and bring in another 401. Oh, I forgot about that company. <laughs> you know, and we asked for all this up front as we're doing the planning to make sure we understand where things are at and, and look at their scenario. And I mean, these weren't big amounts, but still, I mean, it's his money, you know, so you, you want to make sure you, you keep it. So. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I call them orphaned accounts, right? The orphaned 401ks, you know, and, and that's one, one of the factors that plays into the, the recommendation. Yeah, not always, but often it, it makes sense once you leave a company to start consolidating and rolling these into maybe an IRA. So now you know yeah, where it seems at like that would make your job right? easier. So, it make it, even for the client, it seems like that would make life easier. So you have everything in one spot, right? Yes. And you can kind of, and it's not really taking away. It's actually giving you more options, right? It's not limiting limiting them, if I can talk. Well, I mean, that gets into another consideration when you're looking at moving money out of a 401k is 401k plans are just by nature limited. They they only have a certain amount of investment options where IRAs depends on the advisor you're working with. But I mean, it's kind of open to the whatever the investment world offers. I mean, there's a lot of different options you have, more flexibility for sure. So, and 
you know, the, the challenge of these 401ks, especially as you age, as you start reaching a required minimum distribution mm-hmm. age, it really oh, complicates yeah, yeah. things because now every 401k has its own required minimum distribution. Now, you can't aggregate Unlike those, though, right? That you, can aggregate. You, you cannot? No, no, not with 401ks. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. 401ks, each 401k, 403b, kind of the same thing. It has its oh, okay. own. So you... You know, if you have five, six of these out there, that's a big hassle. Every one of them, you got to go through for your RMD and, you know, so anyways, it's a lot of reasons to, to consider just consolidating them, you know, more control, a lot easier to, to manage them as you age and, and get into the, you know, to the full swing of retirement. Yeah, that's a so. good tip right there, right. folks, that, uh, you know, I think there is is some misconception, right? You can aggregate something, can't you, in this IRAs. So IRAs are all okay because it's it's like if you have four of those and you got to do an RMD, you could pull those together, but you cannot with the four hundred one ks. Correct. Okay. Yeah, four hundred one ks. There, each company has its own four hundred one k. Good tip. Yeah, or or own RMD on its four hundred one k. Good to know. It just complicates things. Yeah, you know, as you start to look at what your RMDs are and where's it coming yeah. from. And oh, you know, you know, you don't want to miss it because yeah. there's penalties. Well, yeah. We talked yeah. about that. And so, so that's, a, again, that's a great reason to have this on the uh, small, you know, kind of little, little tweaks that can make a big win. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, reconsider number four, reconsider your managed account that has limited management. So there's everybody in their brother. Phil is a yep. financial professional now. <laughs> It's like everybody in the world is, and they can call themselves an advisor or whatever. Uh, But you may be getting literally just advice like on like certain pieces, which we've definitely talked about before, but how much activity are like, how, how closely are they watching this? How much are they doing with it? Probably not a lot in some cases. Right. So is it worth the value? Right. It kind of fits into that, you know, the the orphan 401ks, the same thing. You probably had a brother-in-law, friend, neighbor, you know, maybe coworker, I mean, whoever it was, but, you know, somehow maybe you got this account with them, you rolled over an old 401k into an IRA with them, but you really haven't heard from them. You know, there's an advisory fee they're charging, but they're, they're not keeping up with it. They're not, it's not part of an overall plan that they're managing. Right, right. You know, so yeah, reconsider it. I mean, is it is it something that you want to still keep there? Is is there value being provided for any advisory fees that are being Yeah, especially charged? like if you're talking about so. a bunch of mutual funds, right? They're probably doing very, very right. little in in changing that around. Yeah, it just stays. It, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you look at those accounts and say, Well, wait a minute, you know, there's this advisory fee, but I don't really see any change. <laughs> you haven't touched haven't it in like twelve years. And, in five years or yeah, whatever. I mean, okay. So may, yeah. maybe, you know, quote unquote, there's not the advice and, and you know, what's the management or the advisory fee being yeah. charged. Yeah, that's a great point. So. And speaking of mutual funds, we'll finish this first half with number five here, which think about replacing those. I, I just saw an article uh, maybe a week ago and I can't remember exactly. I can't cite exactly where I yep. saw it from, but it was talking about our mutual funds, uh, the death of the mutual fund. I think they were being, you know, their headlines was salacious. Right. Due to ETFs, right? Mutual funds have been around since right. the 20s. Oh, yeah. uh, ETFs have been around since the mm-hmm. 90s. But it seems as though like and I talk to advisors all across the country, Phil, on a regular basis. And it seems like none of them are fans of mutual funds. And, you know, uh, there seems to be very little in that regard. I don't know if they're ever going to like, are they going away? Probably not because there's so much money in there. Probably but they don't seem not. to be recommended yeah. very often. Right. <laughs> so maybe it's worth looking at this. No. The problem with the mutual fund is that it's that pooled investment. I always, you know, joke in, in our class, I kind of draw this diagram out, but I mean, whatever happens in that pool affects everyone, right? right? So I mean, it is, 
there's a lot of times that you'll have an investor that sells or a group of investors that sell at the wrong time, forcing the mutual fund manager to then liquidate some of the underlying yeah. shares to make yeah, that so redemption. Somebody pees in the pool. You're, you're, you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're kidding. Right. You, the investor, they kind of understand long-term investing are like, just your hand got forced to sell underlying yeah. investments. And oh, by the way, if that's in a taxable account, you probably got then a capital yeah, gain yeah. distribution for mm, doing Oh, that, okay. You know? And you didn't, yeah, and you do, didn't anything. do anything. Yeah. Whereas an ETF, that's right. Like, so, so I mean, Phil, it, if you and I are in the same mutual fund, right. for example, kind of to give people an example of this, and you jump yeah. out and you have, you know, I don't know, maybe more in, in it, it's going to cause, it could cause me an issue, right? In the mutual fund. Whereas an ETF, right. we could have the same <clears> thing. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. ETFs from a tax standpoint, just work differently. Mutual funds are a taxable entity in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that mutual fund has to distribute 90% of its profit by the end of the year for it not to pay okay. the tax. So that's why around this time frame, you're going to start to see all these you know, funds coming out with what their estimated capital gain distributions are. And in December, everyone makes all these distributions because they don't want to pay the tax. They want the investors to right. pay the tax. Which is it's it's a phantom gain. It, that gain, quote unquote, is already built in. You know, don't get excited when you think, oh, I just got this great capital gain right. distribution. Well, okay, that's that. Understand how it works. Look at the value of your shares the day before and the day after. If you had the money reinvested, you now have more shares, but they're worth mm, less okay. money. You know, from from a uh, uh, total investment standpoint, you're about probably in the same position minus any market value adjustment over gotcha. those couple of days. Gotcha. But if it's in a taxable account, what just happened is they sent you a tax bill. Yeah. Right. Because now they're going to report that to the IRS and you're going to have to report at the end of the year this capital gain distribution or dividend or whatever. It happens yeah. And ETFs, itself. I mean, typically most people have already heard that they typically have lower fees and mutual funds. Right. So and of course, they trade like right. a stock. So where the mutual fund, you have to wait till the end of the day. Intraday trade. Yeah. So there's a lot, yeah, a lot of, of pros for sure, yeah, so, which is why it was created. I, yep. mean, tech, and, I mean, it took the technology. I mean, I just mentioned the, the dates. Right. Think about it. Like mm -hmm. in the 20s. Right. It, it oh, would yeah. take all day because it had to. Right. You know, so it, it took until we right. had, you know, the technology. And the day right, trading you know, for that, that for the ETFs to so, kind of be created. And I mean, mutual funds had their place. You know, I mean, it was it was a, the first concept of a pooled investment, which worked very well for its time frame. You know, but it's starting to to lose, I think, its effectiveness with the ETF option. And there's still some pros and cons. I mean, the ETFs aren't as actively managed, although they're coming out with ways that the, that manager inside the ETF can more actively manage it versus like a mutual fund. I'm but sure it'll evolve. Yeah. It's, it's pros and cons. They're, they're figuring it out inside that ETF wrapper, so to speak, and how to make this work. So, but you know, not, not to say go out and sell all your mutual funds and buy TFs, just understand pros and cons, right? If you have an ETF or a mutual fund, you know, see if there's a similar ETF that may make sense and potentially lower fees and give you better tax efficiency if it's in a, a um, taxable, non-qualified type of an account. There you go. So. All right. Well, that's going to be the first half, folks. So some financial tweaks that could matter, right? Some small steps that could provide some big impacts. So, of course, the good thing about podcasts and, and video clips and so on and so forth is you can always replay a portion of it if you didn't quite get it or you're thinking, well, yep. wait a minute, is this really going to affect me or should it or whatever the case is? Uh, so don't forget to subscribe to us. That way you can catch new episodes when they come out or on uh, Apple. And now uh, Google's putting everything together now on YouTube. Uh, of course, we got the video side as well as the audio side. We've got little yep. clips that'll be out on, on Phil's Facebook. So Apple, Google, Spotify, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Uh, hit the follow button or the 
Lots, lots of ways, ways to find us. The follow button, heart button, whatever it is that you want to use. But definitely reach out and talk with your financial professional before you take any action or if you have some questions about some of this stuff. And, of course, if you need some help, reach out to Phil, philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. That's going to do it for us this week. So we'll be back again just a couple of days to do the second half of this on uh, Thanksgiving week. So we'll catch you a little bit later. Phil, my friend, right. as always, I appreciate you. And we'll see you next time right week. here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Phil? Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.